Uh, good evening. Uh, Pastor Holder here coming to you from Holy Cross Missionary Baptist Church. And Scotty was telling me I might need to adjust my chair. So uh, <clears throat> it's a great honor and a privilege that God has given me as the pastor of this church and to be with the Bride of Christ here tonight and with you out there tonight. And I've told uh, before we prayed, and I asked all my church family to pray for me, I'm going to ask you to pray for me, that God could speak through me, that I could be not only a disciple to you to help you to understand and to grow in the Lord, but that I could be a motivator in your life. Uh, that something I say here tonight would encourage you or, or testimony for somewhere, someone else or something somebody else might have to say would encourage you to come and be with us. Our Monday night services is growing, and uh, we thank God for that. Uh, I'd love to have the whole house full every time the doors are open in the church, and I believe it will be one day, and I don't believe it'll be that long. Because God is pouring out his spirit here in the last days. Now I wanted to go personally tonight. I, I thought I was going to be going to uh, another chapter and another book and talking to you on another message. But I talked to my grandson yesterday as he called me and he was telling me about going to church and he wanted to discuss some things with me and his daddy about it. And uh, I don't know if he's talked to Marty yet, but he's talked to me, and we talked about our in five minutes. And uh, he's talked to me about discipleship. And, uh, and uh, as he began to tell me what they was doing, I said, well, we got to be motivators before we can be disciples, before we can uh, help people to grow in the Lord. we gotta, we got to be motivators. Somebody... Something has motivated you to watch our program tonight. And I hope it's the goodness of God. I hope it's something that we've said or done in the past that has led you back or because you've been asked by one of the church members or someone at the view or maybe this program has been shared and you've got a blessing out of it. We pray that you have. That's our prayer when we come together uh, that you may be blessed. But uh, I want to talk just a minute on... Motivation. Uh, motivation covers a lot of different things, all right? Uh, we have several here tonight, and uh, these that are here tonight, it's been coming, some has been coming to the church here longer than others. And uh, as they have come to the church and become members of the church and part of the church, uh, they started getting motivated more and more and more once they got in here. And, uh, and so it wasn't too long ago that uh, someone else's life, some other ministry which we're in it together uh, was shared with them and it motivated them and, and they wanted to go and, and be in a youth revival out in Tennessee. So the motivation had to come somewhere, and it was all led of the Holy Spirit of God. And so they went, and I'm going to explain what motivation is, and once they went out there, and uh, they were encouraged, their faith was strengthened, they come back on fire for the Lord. They motivated Holy Cross. 
They motivated the members of this church. They motivated us to do more. See, we're here to motivate one another. We're here to help one another. And it ain't what I can do or Marty can do. Uh, I'm the pastor. Marty's the assistant pastor, the youth pastor. And it ain't what we can do, but it's what we all can do through Christ who strengthens us. And so we're here to disciple you, me and Marty are, and to lead and guide you and make disciples and motivators out of you uh, just as God has led us to do. And to see you motivated is the one thing that it encourages me uh, as a pastor of this church. And uh, when I study, and the more I study and the closer I get to God, the more that I see that I have let you down. And uh, never meant to, but it's just because I needed more motivation in my life. And, and, uh, and I got a lot of motivation. I mean, it's kept me where I'm at today. It's brought me closer to God. It's strengthened me. It's helped me to become the person that I am. And I'm nothing without Christ, and, and neither are you. And, uh, but God says that this motivation is what keeps us stirred up. It's what keeps us going. And uh, I went outside today, and I noticed uh, my flyers, mine and Sanders' flyers. I look after them now. Sanders not really able to look after them, so I try to look after them for And uh, that goes back to the marriage part, okay? Anyway, and we're going to get to that in a little bit. But uh, I went out and I noticed them, and it hadn't been but just a few days ago that I fertilized them, and they sprung up and started sprouting out and everything. And, but I noticed today when I went out there, they began to wilt down again. And so uh, they needed more motivation, amen. They needed food, okay. That's why we're here tonight, to be fed. That's why I pray that you tune this program in, that you can be motivated to live closer to Jesus and to do more for God. And so that's why us doing this, see, the Lord had, he motivated my heart. Say, look, you need to come on Monday nights and start praying, having a prayer meeting at church. He didn't have to tell me that twice. I said, okay, Lord. So I told the church, and we come, amen? And since then, we've all grown, right? We've been growing in the wisdom and the knowledge of God, but it's getting deeper and deeper, and, and God now is opening up the windows of heaven and really pouring it out on us, ain't he? And I mean, he's, he's given us one blessing right after the other and right after the other and right after the other, but the devil has still fit us, and he will fight us as long as we're here, Amen? But we need to motivate one another and, and remind one another who we are and what our goal is and, and why God called us unto his kingdom. You know, we didn't choose him. He chose us. And so someone had to motivate me. Someone had to motivate you. Kendall, you, you was out there in, a, in another church, in another place, but... It really wasn't where God wanted you because if it was, you'd still be there. But somebody motivated you to come, whether it was Taylor or somebody else, I don't know. But you now you've ended up here, and we didn't go over there and try to rob you from another church. See, God, there was a man that uh, by dressing the way that I did and preaching, 
motivated him. I shared this with y'all uh, many times. And uh, I walked in uh, down at uh, Auto Parts store, and uh, he walked up to me, big beard, and hair was pretty long and everything. He had this grump voice, like y'all say I do at times. He said, you don't know me, but I know you. I said, you do? He said, yeah, I got up the other morning, turned my TV on, and right there you were. You even dress like me. And, I, and, and he told me, and I remember what I had on. I still got that shirt. I'll probably always have that shirt. Because that motivated him. He said, when I looked at you and seen the way that you was dressed and you said that you was a man of God, I thought, well, he ain't trying to be something fancy or something highfalutin. He said, I'm going to listen to this man. And he began to listen to me. Marty told me the other day, there's one of the guys that watched the program on Monday night, and he might be watching now. He said, I like that preacher. He even wears crocs. Got him on tonight. Amen? And, uh, you know, that touched him. Why? Because I'm down to earth. I ain't no better than nobody else. You know, just because I'm the pastor of this church, I don't try to put myself above you. I try to keep myself below you where you can prosper. Amen? And, uh, and so I brag on y'all. I don't get up and brag on myself. I brag on y'all. I brag on you because I want you to motivate you, and I'm happy in what you're doing for the Lord. It blesses my heart. It encourages me to be a better pastor to you. Amen? I said, Lord, if I don't grow with them, they're going to outgrow me, and I ain't going to be able to help them one day. Amen? So, you know, I want to grow with you. I don't want you to just grow up and leave me. I want to grow with you. But I want you to sail above me. Amen? That's my goal for you. So all of this comes through motivation. And uh, I want to motivate you that's at home to come and join us, to be a part of this. And, and I know you are there but it's not like being here. Anybody in this church will tell you that, right, Paul? It's not like being here. I mean, it's all together, you know. Uh, <laughs> we're family. Marty said it right there. I was looking for the word, fam or Caleb. Family. That's what you are. And a family that spends time with one another, they get close to one another, right? And then when the situation happens, you know who you can call on, right? Those that you can trust in. And you can't trust in people that don't have their faith and trust in the Lord. And the best that I can do, I'm still going to fail you, but I want to tell you this, like I've told you a thousand or more times before, Jesus will never fail you. I can, I will, and I have, and probably will again. But I, that ain't my heart. My heart ain't in failing nobody. My heart is trying to help people. He put a love in my heart. I was thinking today about the Jews. I love the Jews. God put this tremendous love in my heart for the Jews. And I was thinking about the time that I spoke to the Jews over there in Elkin, but I wish there was more that I said to them. And here's what I would like to tell the Jews. And if you're a Jew, 
are watching us tonight, I would like to tell you, I would first like to motivate you and tell you that you're, you're the apple of God's eye. God loves you with no end. God, he give everything. He come unto you first. And majority received him not, but such as did, he give them power to become the sons of the living God. And they said it was a nation that, that knew him not, that desired to know him, that hungered and thirsted after the righteousness of God. They desired Cornelius. He was such a man. He was a just man. He helped his neighbors. He helped one another. But he knew there was more than just trying to help people that he needed something else because his life wasn't complete without the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God. And so God knew his heart. And God come down. And he told him to sin. And for someone to come and disciple him. Amen? All right, look. Here's what I like to say to the Jewish people. God put a love in my heart for you. I mean, he put this love that I pray. I'm probably more faithful to pray for you than I am the church a lot of times. Because of the desire he put my, in my heart for the Jewish people. And I said, if a God loved me that much, put such a desire in my heart to pray for you and pray for your salvation and pray for your peace and, and all these other things he's put in my heart and life for you, why is it so hard for you to believe that Jesus is your Messiah. I would like to tell him that. Because who else loved you enough other than God that would cause a Gentile to bow their knees and pray for a Jew? See? But God caused that to happen, not just to me, but for all his children. We, we learn what's important. We learn it through motivation, through discipleship, and knowing one another. And then, you know, I wanted to be able to give you some meat tonight. And I feel like I'm able to. Because you've been on the milk long enough, you need the meat. Amen? And so God wants to give you the meat of the word. And sometimes I fail to do that. I have let, uh, as pastor in this church, uh, I've let too many slide. Amen? I've let the deacons of this church be lazy. I've let uh, people in this church be lazy on the Lord. And I've let myself be lazy on the Lord. Amen? Things like this needs to change in our lives. Our deacons needs to take up and do what they ought to do. The pastor needs to stand up and do what he ought to do. The members and the teachers need to stand up and do what they ought to do. But you can't do it without being motivated. And if somebody's not encouraging you to get up out of that seat and to stand up and to live for God, then you're just going to sit there and take up, take up room on a pew. Amen. You know, and that's why I try to motivate people first when they come into the church. Now, I said I was going to share something with you, 
April Outside that I seen at the end of our program Sunday, yesterday. And I, so I watched our program. I always go home. I watch our program. God feeds me, okay? I, I, I get to hear me. I get to hear what he's saying through me. Sometimes it's coming so fast up there, I don't know what I've said. Amen? Caleb, you know what I'm talking about. Amen? All right. Right over there. Roy's wife. What's her name? Shelly. She brings those kids. Okay. And there's two little boys. And they were there. And you know I go to them every time she brings them. And I go to them. And I was over there sort of pulling and tugging with them and, you know, just being a friend with them. Just letting them know that I love and I care and I rub them on the head and shake their hand. And, you know, if I don't go to them now, they'll come to me. But I missed out on a great opportunity Sunday. Not just me, but you missed out on a great opportunity to be a motivator. You see, the pastor... My daughter and Kimberly had me in the altar praying for me. I needed prayer. Okay. They were there to help motivate me. And when I got up from praying, and I looked, and I watched a long time, those two little boys right over there, one of them had his head down to pray, and the other was sort of just, he prayed a little bit, but he looked around a lot. It wasn't long for that other one, and they both stayed there a long time. But one of them that was looking around a lot finally got up and left, but that other little boy never raised his head. He stayed right there in that altar with his, with his head between his hands. They should have been some motivators in here to go pray with those children. They should have been some motivators in here to see what was happening, what was going on in this church. You see, I don't always see it all. God's give you eyes too. He's give you abilities too. And you to be motivators. You to get up. You got to encourage these children to live for the Lord. You gotta, you gotta give them a reason to live for the Lord. We gotta be motivators. We motivate our children in ball. We motivate them in swim club. We motivate them in other things in the world. Why can't we motivate them in the Lord? I remember Willie telling me that he told Bobby one time. He said, "Daddy." When's somebody else going to die that I can go back to church? And he said it broke his daddy's heart, broke Bobby's heart. When's somebody else going to die before I can go back to church? You see how important it is to bring these children to the house of God? And we should motivate these children and say, Look, if your mama or your daddy ain't bringing you to church, you ought to go to them and say, Look, I want to go to church. I want to hear more about Jesus. Amen. I mean, you know, get them to motivate their parents if you have to. Put, show them what the love of God is. You know, people want, the one thing I remember about church, and this is all I really remember because of this. And there's a way of doing things. And sometimes we do it the incorrect way. <clears throat> was talking about, Melissa was talking about sometimes or how her daddy would jack them up and beat them and everything else. Sometimes maybe that's needed. But sometimes you're doing it wrong. Amen. 
And sometimes you're not doing it at all. When a child gets a little unruly and don't want to listen, you know, Jackson was back there. He was getting loud like he generally does, and I whispered to his daddy, so walking back there, I said, let me try something. I went back over, and I said, hey, boy, what you doing? He looked up at me. He quit that carrying on, and he crawled up under the pew, you know. And uh, I had to show him, you know, that I was sort of serious, you know, but I didn't reach and try to beat him or grab him or anything. I was just trying to help the parents to help him, okay? I wasn't there trying to be ruler over the child or over the parents. I'm trying to be a motivator. And, and so we got to motivate our children. Now, when my kids, I'm sure there was a many of the time they would like to have stayed home, but we said no. And uh, we sat down with love and told them why they was going to church and why they needed to behave in church. And uh, I remember Brother JT one day, he, little Aaron, he picked him up and hit him on the rim and, and it didn't do. And so he wanted to squall again, so he took him outside and had a good heart-to-heart with him out there and brought him back in and he was fine after that, amen? You know? But you got to sit down and do what you do out of love. And you got to teach people how to respect people. Amen. You got to teach others how to respect others. Amen. And you got you got to be motivators. You got to get up and teach the right things. You got to keep their attention. You know, we got to keep Taylor's attention, okay? <laughs> Taylor, we love you. Oh. And uh, you know, if we'll focus, if you're focused on what I'm trying to tell you tonight through the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God, it will help you and everybody around you. It will help me in taking care of the flock. Amen? Seeing that they get what they need. Now, I've seen you be motivators many times, but as many times that you didn't come, the people that needed you to come, and you don't come all the time. Give them a chance to breathe. You know, don't be down their neck all the time. But when the Holy Spirit of God shows you something, you get up and do it. If you think that person up there, there's a lot of times people's come and pray, and I didn't move, but there's times that I moved because the Lord said, you need to go up there and pray with them. Amen? That's when you go. You're motivated of the Holy Spirit of God. And you got to live in a way where you can be motivated of the Holy Spirit of God so when it's done, it's done correctly. It's not done incorrectly. Now, <clears throat> we spoke on that a little bit. And now, I want to talk to you on marriage. And uh, the marriage part of it, I might sit down for a minute, but I know I'll be back up, Okay where I get everything in a row. What's going on? The book of Matthew, chapter 24. Scotty, bless the reading of the word. Amen. Heaven and earth 
shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Okay? So we know that the way it is now, it ain't going to be that way one day. It's going to change. But God's word don't change. It does not change. It don't change for nobody. I mean, no matter how much he loves you, he ain't going to change his word for you. His word is steadfast. His word applies to you, it applies to me. What are we going to do with it? Well, we need to believe it, and we need to take it to heart. When you pick up your Bible, and when you read something, if you take taking to heart what you're reading, it ain't doing you no good. A lot of times when I pick up my Bible and start reading it, the tears start flowing down my face. You know why they start flowing down my face? Because I'm taking to heart what God is saying because he's speaking directly to me out of heaven. He's telling me that this is the way it is. God says it's my way or the other highway, the broad and wide way. He's a straight and narrow way. God said that's my way. But it's broad and wide down this other highway, and you don't want to be on that. So there is a way that seemeth right unto a man. You know why it seems right unto a man? Because we've been listening to man rather than God. Ain't that the truth? We've been listening more to man, more to mama, more to daddy than we are God. Now, I love mama and daddy, and they raised me, and they done, I guess, as good as they could do. And I was a handful for them. But you know what? God brought us all together under one mind and one accord one day. Sometimes it took years of praying and discipline and other things. But if we'll be faithful unto that which is given us, Randall, then God will cause it to come to pass in our life. Now, he said these things have passed away, but the word of God's going to stand sure. And then in verse... Uh, 36, but the day of the Lord, but the day of the hour knoweth no man that the Lord's going to come. It says, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For as the days that Noah, before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came, and tuck them all away, so shall it be also in the coming of the Son of Man be. Okay? So, I got a little stuff here that I'll read uh, about that. It says, uh, as Jesus will, let me back up here. The nation of the earth will mourn because unbelievers will suddenly realize that they have chosen the wrong side. Everything they have scoffed about will be happening and they will have missed the opportunity to know the truth and have eternal life. So don't miss that on the chance that you have tonight or tomorrow to be living for the Lord because you don't know when he's going to come in and you, you, you need to have oil in your lamps. I'm going to tell you what, I've walked with the Lord. There's a lot of times when I walk. And brother, I had very little oil in my lamp. And brother, I had to do some checking up. Holy Spirit of God brought me to my knees. 
and he replenished some oil back into my lamp. I mean, it, it, he put it in a, in, a, in a vessel. He put it inside of me. See, my outside is where my problem is, Caleb. It ain't what's in my heart now. God cleaned that mess up. But it's this body that's giving me a fit. And you got to choose between the Lord and yourself. Amen? I can't wait till I get the marriage part of it. Amen? Now, it is good that we didn't know exactly when Jesus will return. If we knew the date, we might be tempted to stop our work for him and only gather for worship. Right? Ain't that what a lot of people has done? They'll just gather for worship, but they don't do nothing for God no more. Hey, if you got oil in your lamps, you're going to be doing something for God. Ain't that the truth? That lines up with the Word of God. And brother, as a lot of people come, sit on a pew, and ain't even got no oil in their lamps, and they won't allow God to put none in their lamp because they won't mind the Holy Spirit of God. You got to be obedient to the Holy Spirit of God. All supposed to be teachers and preachers. April just said and reminded us that's what the Word teaches us. We're all supposed to be disciples. We're all supposed to lead others. Amen. But we got to be mentors first. We got we got to show ourselves friendly in order we can in order that we can be a friend. I can't be a friend nobody by going out here and running them down and talking about them and, and, and brother and turning my nose up at them and walking away. What good is that? You, you, that ain't helping nobody. God said go out in the world and be mentors, mentors. Be somebody like Jesus. Be like me. He said, I give you example of how you should live. He said, you walk the way I walk. And you speak the way I speak. You, give, you speak the same words that I spoke because he said, everything that come out of me, I heard and it was give me of the Father. He spoke it. I heard it from him. I, I was taught by him. And he gave me the power to lay my life down. He gave me the power to take it up again. And all my faith and trust and heart belongs to him. All of this is in a marriage. If that marriage is true. If that marriage is real. Now, when we're talking about marriage, there's some of you that might be thinking about it in the future. I'll look around. And you know, some of you already got it on your mind. But there's some things you got to do. We're going to get to that in a minute. Amen. It says, Worse yet, we might plan to keep sinning and then turn from God. Right at the end, heaven is not our only goal. What is your goal today? Heaven is my goal. We have work to do here. You realize that? God never said, called you to come and take up room on a pew. He, cut, he sent you 
and he told, wants you to come that you can have fellowship. In fellowship, you get a lot of meat. You get a lot of food in fellowship. And then in discipleships, you get the pure stuff. Amen? And, and, and we become mentors. And we go out and we, we, can, we can start seeing things with our spiritual eyes that we couldn't see before. We can look up there and see two little boys that needs encouraging to do more for the Lord. And say, hey, I've noticed you've been coming to the altar a lot. They come. About every time they come, they come to the altar. Is there anything you guys would like to do for the Lord? Would you like to get up in the choir and sing for the Lord? Or is there anything we can help you do here? I just want to tell you I love you. And, and, and while you're here, I don't want you to go home thinking that we don't love you because we love you and we care about you. You see, you open yourself up. You let people know what's inside of you. You let them know that you care about them. I told my brother, Raymond, I wish you'd see it. I reminded you. I told you right over when, when Louise died. I tried my best to give him to get his heart to Jesus. And he wouldn't do it. And I said, well, I, ain't, I don't want to go to heaven without you. I don't want to go without you. I want you to be there with me. Because I love you and I care about you. I hope, that's, I hope, that's, I hope that that has remained in his heart. And burning in his heart. I believe that's words that he'll never forget until he gives his heart to Jesus. <laughs> Amen. You've you got to be mentors. You've got to encourage people. You've got to let them know that you love them. You've got to let them know that you care about them. And, and you don't want them to die and go to hell. And you want them to prosper in the Lord. And you want them to be a part of your life. Don't treat others different when they come in here. You treat them like, say, look, we want you to be part of us. Amen. We want you to grow with us. We want to rejoice with you. We want to, we want to share things with you. We want to be mentors. We want to encourage you to live for the Lord, to live for Jesus. <laughs> Second said, well, let me read on. But of the day and the hour, no man knoweth, which is verse 36, or the angels in heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as the days that were before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. All those things are good, but they put it all before God. They were only thinking of themselves. They weren't thinking about who brought them into this world. They wouldn't, they wouldn't listen to the preacher that God had there for them and preached to them for 120 years and warned them for 120 years that there's a flood coming and God's going to destroy this world with water. No, they just kept on eating, drinking, getting married, doing their thing. That's what the world is doing today. And they're doing it without God in it and it's not lasting, Randall. It's not lasting. It only lasts in the Lord. There was a man and woman come to me one time. Want to know if I'd marry them. I said, well, let me tell you something. 
I can't marry nobody. Marriage has to be made in heaven. But I said, I want to ask you a question. Are you saved? And the woman said, yeah, I am. I said, do you know that for sure? That you're born again. Your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Yeah. I said, what about you, sir? He said, no. I said, uh, have you thought about giving your heart to the Lord? Yeah, but I ain't done. I said, would you like to? He said, no, not right now. And I said, you want to marry this man? She said, yeah. I said, it won't work. I said, I told you I'd marry you if you let me talk to you. I'd perform the ceremony. I can't make a marriage. I cannot make a marriage. I, can, I cannot go into your home and help you in your marriage. Amen? I said it won't work. This marriage will not last. Told them the truth. I said, now, I told you I was going to tell you the truth before you come over here. And I said, now you still want to marry a lost man? She said, yeah. I said, so be it. I stood up. I performed the ceremony. I told him, I said, a marriage can only be made in heaven. What God have joined together, let no man put asunder. Amen? That's where you make a marriage at. That's where you make a marriage. A marriage is something that's true. A marriage is something that you have dedicated and given your life to. That's what a marriage is. And that's what a marriage is with the Lord. Amen? Let me skip on up here to chapter 25. I want to talk to you about the ten virgins. Because without the parable of the virgins, you ain't going to understand what a marriage is. You ain't going to understand it. I could read, I've read the parable of the virgins for years and years and years and, and God would give me a little bit here and a little bit here and a little bit there but he'd give me a whole lot about it today. Amen? Because I was hungry and thirsting after the truth. Now let's look at what it said. It said, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins in chapter 25 which took their lamps that's 25 and verse 1. And went forth to meet the bridegroom. Okay, here you are. You want to get married. You want to get married. You met this man, you met this woman, and uh, you said, Well, I fell in love. Well, what is love? Well, a lot of people don't know the meaning of love. Because love without God is not love. My mama used to call it being in heat. Yeah, that's what she did. I'm just telling it like it is. It ain't love. When you're in love, you do whatever you have to do to marry that person. You do whatever. You know why you will? Because you have a burning in your heart that set a fire from God. 
and you have this burning in your heart and, and you can't forget about this person and they're always on your mind and they're always in your heart and said, I, I want to spend the rest of my life with this person. Well, what about Jesus? He's taking us to be his bride. But five of us are wise and five of us are foolish here when it comes to the ten virgins, right? Well, what are we going to do with that? We're going to come clean. We're going to tell you what you're going to have to do if you plan on being married to Christ. Because without what the preacher is going to share with you tonight, you're not going to be married to him. You're not going to be in the marriage. Well, preacher, you're getting awful deep. Well, the deeper I get, the clearer it becomes. Amen? You and this young lady right here, you've been getting to know one another, right? For a while now. I mean, it's been a pretty good while, right? You're starting to know about it more and more. And you're starting to know more and more about him, right? And you know what? Sometimes you just have to put up with him, right? And sometimes you just have to put up with her. Because you know who she is. And you know that she's got her ways. And she knows that you got your ways. Okay? You better consider that before y'all get married. Okay? You better make sure that what you're getting ready to build the life on is going to be secure. Amen? You better make sure that the marriage that you're going to have with the Lord, you better be ready when, when, brother, when the call is made, the bridegroom cometh, you better be ready. You better have your heart right. You better be walking with the Lord. You better be seeking Him with all your heart. You better be letting your light shine. Because if you're not, He's not coming to you. Amen. And you won't recognize it when He comes. Because your lamp has gone out. Your lamp has gone out. A marriage. Here's how to fix a marriage. Here's how to fix a marriage and here's how to fix your relationship with God. I know some of you might be struggling. Let me tell you how to fix it. I went to Joshua today. We've been working on Chase's truck for months, off and on, off and on. We worked on it last week, again, done other things, done other things. Now that young man sitting right there has done everything he knows and used my mind too and can't neither one of us fix it. But he's done all the hard work on it. I've just suggested, I put my suggestions and my thinking and all that in there and it still ain't fixed. So I was thinking about something and I was thinking about when I had an old 72 Cheyenne Chevrolet truck and uh, when I bought it, it made Sandra mad because, but anyway, she got over it and then ended up selling it and that made her mad too. But she finally got over it. But anyway, 
the lights messed up on it, and I could not fix them to save my life. I was a mechanic. I worked on cars all my life. Daddy had me in the junkyard, and I rode a dog in the junkyard. That was my first horse, and the only one I ever had was a dog. I rode him just like you'd put a saddle on him. Rode him. I rode him without a saddle. We went all over that junkyard. And he learned me how to work on old cars. I come home greasy. Mama said, what in the world did you let that young get into now? I said, ah, Harvey had him out there piddling with him. Harvey was his mechanic. And daddy just laughed. He was trying to prepare me to be a mechanic one day. And I knowed I wasn't stupid. I had enough sense I thought to fix that problem. But I couldn't fix it. And there's a lot of problems you have, whether it's in your marriage or in something else, that you can't fix. And you've tried everything you can to try to fix it. Guess what? It ain't fixed, is it? And you said, Lord, what else can I do? I got up there, I, I said, Jack Beamer, when he was living, he had that garage over there and he had one of those manholes you could drive the truck over and get down under it and walk around and look at everything. I said, can I borrow your garage? He said, yeah, and I went over and I got under that truck and I traced every wire on it. And I got out of there, I didn't see nothing wrong, couldn't find nothing wrong with it. And I cut them lights on, same old thing. I've been over that truck. I was saved, born again. I learned that I couldn't do th things on my own like I thought I could. It ain't you that can fix these things, it's God. And I said, God, I'm going to do what your word says. See, that lined up with Jesus, right? When you line up your prayers with Jesus... That's when you're going to get your prayers answered. He said, you asked anything in my name, and he said, I'll do it for you. Your prayers has got to line up with Jesus. If your prayers ain't lining up with Jesus, he ain't going to answer them prayers because he ain't going to listen to them. The word has got to line up with the situation. Or the situation has got to line up with the word. Amen? You get the situation back under the Word, and the Word will clear it up for you. We're growing tonight, ain't we? Okay? We're growing not on account of Butch Holder, but on account of Jesus, and Butch Holder being obedient to the Holy Spirit of God, and saying, come hell or high water, I'm going to preach to you the Word of God tonight. And I ain't going to water it down. I'm going to preach it to you. Just like it's meant to be preached to. Okay? And so here it is. And so I prayed over this truck. I said, God, I can't do it. But you tell me in your word, and it lines up with the word of Jesus, and this is what Jesus taught us, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And God, I ain't relying on me. I'm relying on you. And I lay hands on this truck in Jesus' name. Because I can't fix it, Lord. But I know you can. 
I got in that truck, backed it out of the garage, cut them lights on, they worked perfect, and they never did give me another problem. I went down there today and I said, Joshua, I wanted to do something, but God told me I couldn't. He said, for him to do it. I said, now you get in there, you and the Lord in this truck, and y'all spend some time together, and you pray about this situation, because I know you've done everything what the book says to do, what the teacher says to do, what common sense tells you to do, and it still ain't working. But there's one. Hey, I've prayed about it, but I never prayed with enough faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. you got to have action in your prayers. Now, he's done had action. He's done done everything he could do. I've done done everything I can do. But there's still God, right? There's still God. I don't care what your situation is that you're going through tonight. God is still God. God still answers prayer. God's still healing bodies. God's still saving souls. Amen? God is still God. Just because it's a vehicle, well, that ain't no problem to God. God can do anything. Where's our faith at? It's right here. God give us enough faith that, we, that all we have to do is speak it and it's done. When you get serious with God, and you get down, and I said, Joshua, you go in there and you lay hands on that truck and you talk to the Lord. But I said, you talk to the Lord before you lay hands on that truck, and then you lay hands on that truck, and God will either give you the wisdom and knowledge to fix it, or he'll fix it himself, because you asked him by faith. Nothing wavering, amen? That's what standing on faith is. Now, the truck ain't fixed yet, but it's going to be. It's going to be. Why? Because I serve an awesome God. Amen. Amen. The devil's trying to tell you just give up. Ain't no use fighting no more. Ain't no use caring about it no more. It's over. It's done. Take that truck out there and junk it. Take and throw that marriage away. Give up on your children. Give up on being healed. Give up on being delivered. Give up on living for God. That's what the devil will tell you to do. Ain't it? (laughs) I don't give up when it comes to Jesus. Don't you give up on Jesus. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, I can go there. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be like unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bride. And five of them were wise. Five were foolish. Well, they that were foolish took their lamps. And took no oil with them. They said, well, here I am. But I don't have no oil. I don't have no oil. 
Let me tell you something. You ain't got there yet. But you two have. When you made them vows, you remember them? Martin, you remember yours? Cassidy, you remember yours? When you made those vows, you vowed. I'm taking you for better or worse or richer or poor. It don't make no difference. I love you so much. I'm going to take you just the way that you are. And I plan on being with you forever. I'm going to spend the rest of my life for you. There ain't no other woman going to come between us. There ain't no worldly thing going to come between us. And we're going to go with God. And He's going to go with us. And He's going to make us strong. And we're going to get through it together. Amen? Because you cannot do it without Him. It can't be done without Him. You've got to walk in one mind and one accord. Me and my wife ain't as young as we used to be. She's had a lot of problems here lately. So have I. Me, mostly. Not her. I have problems with me. More than I ever have problems with her. I tell the way it goes. Yeah. Most time, you've heard me say this before, if you got problems, look in the mirror and you see where they're coming from. Amen? you got to turn to God. Say, God, I'm the problem. Get me out of it where you can fix it. Amen? Ain't that right, Jess? Get me out of this situation where you can fix this situation because as long as I'm trying to control it, there's no help for it. I'm giving it to you, Lord. I'm trusting in you, Lord. And I count it done in you, Lord. Ain't that the way he teaches us to pray? He said, pray as if though you had already received it. This is good discipleship. Amen? This is help making you grow. This is help making you have a stable marriage. Now, me and Sandra, we don't look like we did when we was married. Ain't neither one of us as pretty as we used to be. You mean you used to be pretty, preacher? Well, she thought I was. Amen? And now we've, we've got a little bit out of shape. We ain't as thin as we used to be neither. And uh, we don't have as much hair as we used to have. Don't have as many teeth as we used to have. But we're still together. You know why we're still together? Because our relationship, after the first year, it was horrible the first year because God wasn't in it. But when we got saved, I got saved, and she got saved, and God joined us together. Now, praise God, we've been able to be together ever since. Amen? And if God hadn't come, I'd have went astray and went off here and been in a whole lot worse shape than I ever thought I'd be. So God, when is it our next anniversary? 50 years? May it be 50 years. Only God could do that, right? How long have you two been married? Lord have mercy, 26 years. Ain't God good? Amen. And you put up with that, Marty. Yeah, and she put up with you too. But why? How was you able to do that? Only with God and only through the love of God. 
soon as I called her when I was leaving work, she was mad because I ain't left yet. And then I was mad because she was fucking with me. Because <laughs> I ain't left yet. And I said, well, I don't know why you cook me supper on Monday when you know I ain't going to be home in time. And as soon as we, of course, we had our work, we hung, both hung the phone up, and it was probably one or two seconds when I hit the end button and I got convicted. That's what you got to do. You got to eat that crow, don't you? Amen. All I could think about is when I just got off the phone with her. I was going to say, probably reached out. I don't know if anybody did it. It was great. Yeah. All day I was thinking about is God says, Your wife done worked all day just like you have, and she done come home and cooked you supper, and you ain't appreciated. And that's all I can think about. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. Now she, and other morning, she, she tries to fix me breakfast every morning. She's not really able. Other morning she fixed me breakfast, and I said, Honey, won't you stop? I'll do it. No. If she don't get me, but with that one meal a day, if I'm home, she fixed me breakfast regardless if she had to crawl to the stove. Why? Right. Do you love Jesus that much? Will we crawl to church to get here? Do you love Jesus that much? Would you get down on your hands and knees and crawl if you had to to be at the house of the Lord where you could be filled with his love and his fellowship and the desire? Brother, if we can't have revival here, where in the world can we have it? You come. The place to get revived, to get stirred back up for the Lord. Get back on fire for the Lord. And, and brother, quit letting the devil beat you down and telling you that your prayers is not being answered and God is not hearing your prayers. That's a lie out of the pits of hell. God hears your prayers when it lines up with Jesus in God's word. Yeah. Because I'm tired. Well, I didn't want to neither, but the Lord said I had to. Yeah, and then Monday night, I'm like, that's the night we get to come home and it starts the week off and you're tired and you, you sit at home. Even if we're spending time together, we're at home. And so, I mean, that's human, that's flesh. You're like, whew, that's going to be a rough night. But I wouldn't miss it now. <laughs> what will this Monday night service do for you tomorrow and for the rest of this day? See? You got to make the effort. Because if you ain't part of the effort, you're not growing. I want, you, I want us to grow together. Look, we got people in this church that need special prayer for situations that's going on in their lives and things that's too hard for them to handle. And we need to take some of the load off their back and let them know that we're there for them. Paula, I'm here for you. 
April, Marty, I'm here for you. Caleb and Jess. Every one of you. I'm here to help you. I'm not here to hurt you. How many times is Courtney and Scotty right there come to us? Said our child. I mean, it's sick. We need your prayers. You know, if you got something you need, let your brother and sister know where they can help you pray. And if you know it, just go on and pray. Amen. before I had to cut it off because I was driving. And uh, it, the, the one part that really hit me was if we were there when Jesus was carrying his cross and they hollered at us and told us to go help him, you'd, you'd want to think that we would sprint over there as hard as we could. And are we, are we helping carry the burdens of everybody around us? Like Paula was gone the weekend with Delaney. Delaney's upset because she can't have a room by herself. And it's going to be hard on her. Yeah, and it's going to be hard on Mama. It's going to be hard on Mom, too. Yeah. But we've been praying for y'all. And I missed you yesterday. I looked over there and I said, oh, yeah. yes, she's gone. You know. But she was looking after the baby. Right. And that's okay. Yeah, and Marley, she's sick even more. Are we praying for her like we should? Are we holding up Courtney and Scotty's cross? Because we know it's hard on them too. Not just Marley. It's hard on all of them in rain. Your motivation has kicked in. Your motivation has kicked in. You see, it's coming out. It's coming out. That's what it's got to do. We got to not just say it. We got to do it. Okay. He said, They that were foolish took no oil. In their lamps, and they took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But the bridegroom tarried. He didn't come when they thought he would come. He tarried. He said, I was expecting, but he ain't got here yet. But I'm still waiting on him. Oh, I'm still waiting on him. He's the love of my life. He's the love of my life. I'm still waiting on him. I'm still waiting on him. I'm still waiting on him to get here. I'm still going to be watching. I'm going to leave a light on for him. Amen. I got plenty of oil. No matter how, what it takes, I'm going to wait on him until he gets here. How do you get that oil? I wrote something down God showed me today. We buy oil with our lives. See, there were five virgins that was all pure in one sense. But five of them wasn't dedicated. A marriage, you have to be dedicated. With God, you've got to be dedicated. We buy oil with our lives. The anointing will cost you everything. You have to give up. When you got married... You give up everything. You give up everything to marry him, and he give up everything to marry you. He said, you're it. Well, sometimes it don't work out that way, but that's the way it's supposed to work out. And ain't nobody can fix that 
but God. Amen? Nobody but God. Me and Sandra would never survive nearly 50 years without the Lord. The first year of our marriage, we were in love and in heat, I reckon you'd call it. But jealousy was raging. If she done anything, I had my eye on her. Or she said anything. And she had her eye on me. And I'd question her. All these things inside of me. The devil was using all these things against me to try to tear my marriage apart. And I didn't trust. And yes, we do got to have trust in our marriage for it to work. Because if there ain't no trust, there's no relationship. Sometimes we have to explain that to people. You can't have a relationship without trust. I cannot prepare myself to be a bride unless I have full trust in the bridegroom. I, 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 have, I have given up everything for him. And he give up everything for me and everything for you. And that's what you do when you get married. I've watched my wife go through a lot of heartache, a lot of pain. You think it's easy for me to listen to her to moaning and a groaning every time she moves or takes a step. It breaks my heart in two. But I got to be strong. And I got to be there with her. And I got to be there when she reaches out her hand where I can take hold of it and help her when she can't help herself. Ain't that what God does for us? Why? Because we have a relationship with Him, don't we, Randall? We have this relationship. That we've, you know, it wasn't until God come into our, our heart and into our lives till we really realized what love really was. I think a lot of people, marriages and other things, ain't surviving because they don't know what true love is. They haven't fallen in love with Jesus yet. And when you fall in love with Jesus, when you fall in love with Jesus, I mean, when you fall in love with Jesus, you don't become important anymore. My wife, not one time ever in our marriage has she put me before she did, uh, her before she did me or her children. Ever. Not ever. She only come to me and asked anything of me. Most of the time it was for one of y'all. It was never for herself. That's just who she was. She shouldn't have to ask me. I should be, have enough sense to know 
I should be a, a loving enough partner that I can see what her needs is. They sometimes, I don't ask her if she needs money. She don't have a job. The only way she has to get any is I give it to her. And sometimes I forget to give it to her and she don't open her mouth. She'll walk, she'll go around to not have a dollar in her pocket sometimes. So I happen to think, and I reach my billfold and put some money on the table. I said, I left you $100 or whatever on the table. She won't say nothing. She'll pick it up and put it in her pocket. That's what a marriage is. A marriage commitment is on trust. How much do you trust Jesus tonight? How dedicated, how sold out. I mean, how much oil do you really have? Because I know you don't have enough to spare. Because God says we just barely got enough for ourselves. I can't come in your home and fix your marriages. I can't come in and fix your bank account. I can't come in and heal your sick. I can't come in and do these miracles that God can do and only he can do. That's why I fully trust in him for everything. I got a thing the other day. $3,000. They wanted me to pay on taxes. On sales taxes for the year 2016 I didn't know what to do I went to Charlene Charlene got on the phone and she tried to speak to this person well give her to this other person she finally got to a person that listened to her she said he don't own this no matter what y'all say he don't owe it Two or three days, I got a thing in the mail, zero. I didn't know anything. I said, Lord, I don't know what to do about this. So I felt led to go see her. And she got a hold of the right person. The situation is going to come up in your life. And a lot of you are living in them now. Situations that you never asked for. Situations that you didn't know you was going to have to face. But I'm here to remind you, you can't, you can't get through it without Jesus. Angie and Brad's watching tonight. Talked to Angie earlier today. I said, honey, I want you to watch the program tonight. Because it'll help you. It'll help open your eyes like it's opening up our eyes and Brad's eyes and things. I said, I have seen you and Brad grow so much closer and be more like a family than you've ever been and, and your love growing stronger one for another and when at times I've seen it rocky and everything else. But I said, now, see, Angie, reason I wanted you and Brad to watch this tonight and others, well, why'd you call our name out for, Well, You're just somebody I know that needs more Jesus in your life, like me and like you. We all need more Jesus in our life, and we need to get closer to him. And we gotta, we gotta, we gotta be a watching, and we gotta be ready. I told the church Sunday, we, you was talking about 
being raptured. And I said, there's rapture taking place every day in this world. The Lord's coming, getting people all the time. All the time. The death angel is going around knocking on all kinds of doors. People are dying left and right. The only way they're dying is without God. But if they're born again, when this old body, when the heart quits beating to be absent from the body to be present with the Lord, that is, if that's where your heart is at, if that's who you got your, your future set on, your life set on, and, and you, and, and you uh, I want to read that again. We buy oil. See, you got to have oil with our lives. Then anointing will cost you everything. God give us his word. He give us salvation. Salvation is free. But the relationship will cost you. The relationship will cost you. When you get married, the relationship will cost you. You won't be able to do the things that you used to do, Caleb, if you get married one day. You too. It will cost you. You'll have to give up some things. Now, we need to be motivators, right? Now, the only fishing my wife ever done, she used to carp fish a little, she said. And I wanted her to go bass fishing. And I took her a few times. She just, she didn't really get into it that much. She'd throw the reel and it'd backlash and everything. I can't throw this. and You know, I just kept on motivating her. Till you got good, didn't you, honey? And we'd go to the tackle shop and she'd be right there with me and she'd say, and she, I'd see her and she had this lure in her bu buggy and this lure and this pack of worms and this. And You ever tried this? Huh? Is that because she liked to shop? <laughs> yes, she liked to do that. And, uh, but you know what? She got to where she couldn't go. But she don't care if I go. So, and sometimes I, I hate to go because I know she's not well enough at times. Sometimes she is, but not all the time able to take care of herself. And I try to make sure, don't I, April, <laughs> that she's got help if I'm not there. Yeah. Actually, I said, have you eat? Yes. Kimberly brought me something. And uh, I said, okay, just making sure. A marriage is more than just a word. A marriage, it won't survive without trust. We know it won't. But how can I make it happen, Lord? Tell me what God can't do. Somebody tell me that. Huh? What else? That's right. That's right. 
He won't go against our will. He give us a free will. And he said we can either go with our will or go with his will. You do this in your situation. You said, Father, this is all I got going on. I know what I want. Is it what you want? Is it your will? So God, I'm, I'm going to pray about it. And you tell me, I'm reminded, preacher reminded me tonight, I ain't supposed to worry about these things. But sometimes I go to bed crying at night because I do worry and I still grieve and I still hurt inside. And the Lord says, that's because you haven't given it all to me. You haven't given it all to me. Listen, he said, at midnight, there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go you out to meet him. Then those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wives, Give, give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. We already discussed. You don't have enough. You can't give away enough to get them, to supply their need, because you got every bit that you have, you've got to have it. You've got to have that. So like when you got married, you made a promise to give your all to the other, and vice versa. Some of those promises have been broken. Only way to fix that is whoever broke the promise is going to have to get it right with God in order for that to be restored. And so there's where prayer comes in. Some of you are trying to fix things that you didn't break. Somebody else broke. But you can't fix it. Somebody else broke it. Well, who can fix it, preacher? That's who can fix it. Angie, you got some news. That's your grandbaby. Who can fix a mess like that? God can. God can. They told me my daughter three times wasn't going to make it. She was going to die. There was no hope. But God was hope. And God was hoping in April. If you can't do it, God can do it. See, you you got to be taught how to pray. You got to be taught how to have a relationship and how to live once you get married. Jesus is here leading us. He's being a bride. He says he's going to come and get us one day. He's going to marry us. And uh, the ceremony's going to last. Well, you know, when they got married under the Jewish law, the bride would come, okay? He would get the bridegroom, and he would take her and all of her bridesmaids and all of her family would follow him back to his house. 
And during that time of separation, and they had done confirmed this marriage. The marriage has done been confirmed, Randall, between us and him. It's done been confirmed. We just ain't there yet. But the marriage has been confirmed. And he said, I'll go away. And if I go away, I'll come again and receive you that where I am, you may be also. And so he's going to come back and get us. And when that marriage, there's a ceremony that takes place for about a week. Amen? In that marriage. You know why it's a ceremony? You know why it's rejoicing? You know why we dance and we laugh and we eat and share meals together? Because the family has come together. And the friends and the loved ones. And that's what's missing in people's lives with God. They're not preparing themselves for the bridegroom to come. There's going to be a lot of people that call themselves Christians left because they're not ready. They wasn't looking for him. They wasn't prepared for him when he come because they never took time to fall in love. Have you fallen in love with Jesus? Because he fell in love with you. And don't deny him <coughs> the privilege of taking you to heaven and spending an eternity with you because that's his heart's desire. God wants to fix the broken homes, the broken marriages, the broken hearts, the diseases. He wants the men and cause the blind to see and the crippled to walk again like Peter and John. God didn't send them out with anything of the world, did he? Not one thing of the world did they go out with. But Jesus was right by their side. And they come to a man that was lame from his mother's womb and they laid daily at the gate. And he stuck his little hand. I seen some little hands praying over there the other day. And uh, I see one looking around. I believe he's expecting somebody else to come. But maybe they never showed up, so he just got up and walked. But the other one, he, he stayed there pretty good while longer. You know, he has motivated me more than one time. See, you need fresh oil every day. You know, your lamp's still burning you got to have some more oil to keep it burning, right? Where do we get that? From him. He's the supplier. He's the one we go to to get it. And I have to give of myself to get it from him. I say, God, it's your mercy. It's your grace. It's your love. It's your forgiveness. It's your dedication 
that you have given me that I can have all in my life. Now, God, I love you so much. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. I want to live with you the best that I know how. I want to be the kind of bridegroom that you'd have me to be. Other words, being a bridegroom is taking you in to his family and into his heart. And that's what a marriage is supposed to be based upon. And I thank God me and Sandra has that. And he done that for us. But we kept seeking him with ourselves and with our children and with our friends and with our loved ones. And Caleb, I watched you grow up from a rowdy little boy to who you are now. Not so rowdy, just a little. And Samantha too. Watched them both grow up. You see, it's all based upon a relationship. So first of all, get your and God's relationship restored. You know, and maybe you've never had this kind of relationship with the Lord. You're missing out. Because when you get When you get, when you fall in love with the Lord with all your heart, you're going to get exactly what you need to be a husband, to be a wife, to be a friend, to be a mentor, to be a motivator. That's what a motivator does. They mentor others and help others and they encourage others. I'm here tonight motivate you and to disciple you and as I motivated you I tried to disciple you and I tried to explain it to you how it all works in the eyes of the Lord and until we're willing to get self out of the way God can't do what he needs to do in our lives so God if I have bitterness in my heart, I give it to you. If I have hurt in my heart, I give it to you. God, if I have sickness in my life, I give it to you. God, if I have joy in my life, I give it to you. Lord, whatever comes in my life, I give it to you. Because you're the one that I'm fully trusting in. It's been my heart's desire that God has blessed you through what I'd like to call the awakening about the marriage tonight. Amen. Now, is any of y'all anything else you want to say? Go ahead. Go ahead, honey. Do what now? I want to make sure I'm understanding it correctly. The brighter we let our light shine, the more oil we have in our lamp, right? right? Well, yeah. Uh, your oil, when you got oil in your lamps, your light is going to shine bright already, okay? So you've got oil. And so you don't want that light. God don't want that light to go out. 
You don't want that light to go out because if you do, you're not lighting the way for the Lord into your life. So you got to keep oil in that lamp. Yeah, now, Oil, which is God into you, you ain't gonna burn. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get what Kimberly's saying. Yeah. She wanted to explain it. It's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So if you're not putting more God in you, you ain't gonna light up. And I've always said that. <laughs> if you really don't understand, ask questions. And she will. She always has. Amen. Anybody else? So we was at the Fiddler's Convention Saturday, and we were just sitting there, and I wasn't even listening to the music. I was just people watching. I was watching everybody down there yeah. at the food stand and everything. Well, I saw this little kid. He was in a stroller, and his parents, you know, was pushing him along, and he kicked his shoe off. And I was like, man. So, you know, I, I sat there, and I watched for a little while, see if the parents even noticed. They didn't notice. Well, my heart started pumping, and I knew that was God telling me I need to go grab that shoe and give it to his parents. Yeah. So sure enough, that's what I did. I told Lexi, <laughs> I said, i got to go give that shoe to his parents. Amen. And I sure did, and they told me thank you and everything. But the other thing I was going to uh, talk about is I went to bed that night, and I had a dream that I woke up and found a four-leaf clover and then got in my car and came to church. Well, the morning goes on, and I'm waiting on Samantha to get ready. So I just go outside, you know, and I'm I'm basically, I was spending time with the Lord, thanking him for all the beauty that was out there. Just yeah. how green the grass was, how beautiful the trees was, how just the morning was. And I started praying, and I was like, God, if that was you, like, this is in my head, I'm praying. If that was you in my dream, show me a four-leaf clover. No, ten seconds went by. I looked down, <laughs> four-leaf clover. Four-leaf clover, amen. I put it in my Bible at Mom's house just because it was special, you know? Yeah, it's special. He spoke to me by showing me something. It wasn't no ordinary four-leaf clover, was it? No. You probably never spotted one as quick as you spotted no, that one. No, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have. I mean, there was, I, I tried it after yeah. that. I took it back inside, put it in my Bible, went out there again, tried to find another one. Nope. Didn't even happen. Didn't even happen. That's the way God is. God's Who else? Good. My husband is a truck driver. I'm lonely sometimes. I miss him a lot. I know but you do. I know that he's a, that's that's life. I have to trust him. He trusts me. I didn't like it at first. No, I did not. And I'll be the first to tell you I did not like it. We've had our ups and downs over his job when he first started truck driving. I hated it, and I still don't like it. But I've learned to live with it because I got faith in God. I trust him out there on that road. I trust God to get him out there and back home safely. Yeah. I pray for him every day to get him out there to California and get him back home to me. Yeah. And before we got married, I was a Christian. He was not. 
I live with him. I cannot do business. I said, if we love each other, we're going to get married. I cannot do this. I cannot live with you. I cannot do this. But thank God we got married because we loved each other. But God put us together. And Amen. God still got us together. And we've been married since 97. So, You know, there's something else that I want to say about that. Uh, that woman, after I told her that, she come to me a year or so later. She said, well, you preacher, I just want to tell you, you're right. It didn't last. But in some cases, it does. Yeah. Sometimes it does. And here's what the Lord says. A certain things that someone can do that you're no longer bound to them. But he says if you stay, by doing so, you may eventually lead them to Christ. And we got to remember that too. It's how deep is our love, you know. And if somebody else here wants to say something. Oh, she done got it. Yesterday we had to leave super early, and I regretted it so. I just hated it. I didn't want to go. Yeah. And so I was getting ready, and God was on my heart, and I watched uh, the Tyler, can't think of his name, from Greensboro. I watched his little one on the uh, online. It was Fear Not, Little Flock. Yeah. It was a great little service, and watching Delaney tell that dog. I watched a good sermon. Do you want to watch it? You know, want to listen to it? I kept it on my phone. And she said, no, but I have a podcast that from Bible study that we listen to from, she's been going to Antioch. <laughs> Thank God. So we she turned it on. And it talked about how sometimes we pray so hard, but we don't get what we pray for. Amen. And then some people get angry, and then they just give up. And they turn to something else, you know, like a bottle or some someone else or something. It's such a good service. And it, it was something good for me and her to listen to going up that mountain. We got to the school yesterday, and they told her that if she might get a single maybe in a week. We don't know, but we had to still move her in with this, this other group of girls. This group of girls were so good to her. And the one that she's supposed to have a roommate in the room with her was actually moving to the other room because that's just the way they've done for the last two years. Right. So Delaney actually kind of has a single room. And they just kept a few things and they're like, listen, Delaney, this is your room. You want to bring your dog, you bring it. And we will help take care of this dog and... And, and she and I looked at each other, and she said, God's fixing this for me, isn't he, Mama? <laughs> and I thought, 
I told her, I said, I've prayed so hard, but our church has been praying for you and your situation. And I said, prayer works. Prayer works. And I said, we didn't give up. You know, you, we didn't get angry. You know, we can't get angry with God. No, sometimes he won't answer them right then. But he was working on it. He was working on it. And I, I felt good when I left her yesterday. Amen. One of the girls didn't get there as early as we did because she wanted to go to church or she, she lives closer. And she's like, well, I wanted to make sure I got to go to church. And I thought, God put my child with the right kids that they're, they're good Christian kids. There's one of those girls who don't believe in God. So those two girls are working on this kid, and they brought my child in the mix. God put this my child in the mix of this, and I know that's why. Amen. I'm praying on that situation. We talked about that, too, going up that mountain. See, God is answering prayers. We may not see it at the time, but he said when we pray and ask that tree or that mountain to be removed, if you believe it shall come to pass, it shall come to pass. And that's what prayer faith is. Faith ain't seeing. Faith is believing. Uh, faith ain't getting it the moment that you pray it. But he said, pray as if though you have already received. And I want to thank y'all. I want to thank this church because, you know, I knew that y'all were praying for her too. Amen. You know. And her little dog. And y'all pray for me. I took the dog to get a haircut today, and it ain't good. <laughs> she's not happy. The lady is not happy. So y'all need to pray for her. The last lady. haircut, you get it. <laughs> <laughs> Who else? Anybody else? It's funny you was talking about that. You know, sometimes when we pray for certain things and it don't work out, it's just because God has something else planned. Yeah. You know, it didn't work out for Delaney to have her own room. And we all prayed that she, that everything would work out for her own room. But it didn't quite work out the way we wanted it to. But it worked out the way God wanted it to. You know that we know the whole picture, the whole story. It's great that she didn't get her own room. Because I feel like 23 will lead to one. Yeah. To be a mentor. Yeah. Amen. Pray hard. We all got to pray hard for that situation, too. That's right. There was a song, forget who sung it now, 
They said, thank God for unanswered prayers. Did God brook? Yeah. Actually heard it yesterday. <laughs> you know, sometimes we think, well, God didn't hear my prayers. Mm -hmm. He just said, it's not the right prayer. It's not what is needed. This is what is needed. Amen. You know, our youth, our youth is our future. Right. And I hope and pray all these young, young youth come. <laughs> That's right. But a lot of times, you know, they can't come. You know, I got one in Knoxville. I wish he would find church. <laughs> you know, but it's. I'll get it for you. I shared this with Casting and them whenever we had our Bible study the other night, but it's about I was studying on dirt before I had the first Sunday I stood up and just opened up. I was studying on dirt, and while I was sitting here listening to everything, yeah, I opened up to I don't even know where it is. Matthew. Let me open it right here. That way I don't tell you a lie. But it is. Matthew 13. And it says the sower of the seed at the top of the chapter. And I started reading a little bit and talking about how the seeds could be sown and everything like that. But I told Cassie and them about dirt. So you can have dirt that's just dirty. And God, mm -hmm. he, when he, Jesus was born, he was born in a dirty stable. Right. He traveled with dirty people, and it was amongst the dirt sin. Right. But you have to think about it also. Soil comes from dirt. So if we ain't got the nutrients or the food that we need, like soil does from that dirtiness, then we can't plant seeds. That's right. We can't be the soil that helps the roots grow that has the nutrients for others. So so if, we, if we're in the church and we see someone else fall like we was talking about earlier, then we need to rush to them, help them out. We need to have that nutrients to hold them up and let them grow. Right. And we have to have that oil or water. I think of it as water. We have to pour that water on them to help them flourish and become beautiful in God because God is yeah. beautiful. Well, we got to do it all. We got to do the planting. We got to get the soil prepared. We got to get the, the good soil. We got to find the good ground. Yep. And we got to cultivate it and we got to work with it. And then we got to plant the seed. And the good ground, the good soil is the Lord. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and that's what we plant our seed in, and that's what we grow in, and that's how we bear fruit. Yep. And that's how we help others, you know, bear fruit. And uh, so that's good, Caleb. I like that. You know, Paul, Paul was, uh, he was the chief of all sinners, right? Mm 
Ain't that what he said? And uh, look what God made out of him. Amen? Uh, made out of his life. And uh, so God took an old dirty, dry morsel, dry ground, and he enriched it with his word and his love, and he turned it into some good soil, and he planted his seed in there, and look what it become. Amen. Who else? about marriage I was I was sitting here thinking when he was talking about it before I was thinking about how our marriage is like with me and Marty and with me and God is if I don't spend time and I've said it before if I don't spend time with Marty then our marriage doesn't grow and if I don't spend time with God our marriage doesn't grow and I think that says a lot about, and mine has grown so much more, is if I'm truly, and if you're truly in love with your husband, just like tonight, I was aggravated. I just wanted to sit down and eat supper with him. We don't <laughs> even turn the TV on. It's rarely on at our house. It's never on unless we're watching a service. I just wanted to sit down and eat supper with him and talk. Yeah. And if you're truly in love with your spouse and you're truly in love with God, you just want to spend more time with him. Spend more time. And I get up in the mornings, and this is not me. It's really not. It's truly being in love. And the first thing I want to do is find something that feeds me with him. And then I, when I have to stop it, I get in my car and turn it right back on to finish at work. And then get back in the car and come home and do the same thing. And it's just like being married. That I want more and more. And so when you fall in love, that's all you want is more and more time. Because you want to learn more about them. Yeah. It's a difference. You know, you hunger for that. Yeah. You know, uh, sometimes things sort of put a wedge sort of like what Sandra's been going through the sickness and the pain and stuff she's been in and sometimes I don't get the hugs and uh, and uh, you know the love affection from her like I used to get from her and I miss that but I understand it you know there's sometimes you know, I just reach over and touch her at night because I just want to feel her mm-hmm. laying there. And there's a lot of those times I wish she'd just turn over and, and won't, you know. Unless she don't feel like turning over. Or she might be asleep. But I like knowing she's there with me. And uh, so... We all have these inside feelings that we have to deal with. And, and I know she she has her inside feelings, and, and it hurts her because she can't do more. Mm-hmm. I understand that. I mean, I know. And she tells me sometimes, but not all the time. Of course, she don't have to tell me all the time. I already know. And uh, see, that's what a marriage is based on. 
is knowing one another, knowing how you feel in your heart toward one another. You know, you're a result, April. You and Waynette and Lisa of our love that we had one toward another. We tried to show you that love. We tried to show you what a daddy is and what a mama is. And we didn't always go along with what you wanted us to go along with. Especially Lisa. But uh, we never we never stopped loving y'all when you dissipate us or done things that you shouldn't. We never stopped loving you, but we didn't uh, we didn't uh, agree with you when you's wrong. And uh, but we had to we had to be we had to be at one mind and one accord with that. You know, I've seen situations. I know one couple in Lickensy, I guess you could put it, but I won't call no names, that a child would do something and one parent would hide it from the other parent and it just become a disaster. And still is, as far as I know. Because they hid things from one another. And how can you be a <laughs> a bride to Christ? Huh? Hiding things from him. So, you know, and that's why that's what a marriage is based upon is truth and honesty. You know. I know there's a lot of times, especially when I used to go fishing right much. And she wanted me to go. She wanted me to be there, but she wanted me to go. She wanted me to code because she noted it was something that I liked to do. And so she chose me over her where I could do what I wanted to rather than what she wanted me to really do. She said, go on. I'll go on and go fishing. Sometimes when I don't go, a lot of times here lately, why don't you go? I said, well, I just don't need to go. I feel like I need to be here. But she tries to encourage me to go on anyway. Every once in a while I will, but a lot of times I won't. Because I just, it's not in my heart to. You know, that's where we got to open up and let people know how we feel inside, you know. I don't love her less now that she's got older and she don't love me less because I got older. I love her more because of what we've done been through together, what we've suffered together and what we've, and the good th times we've had together. I love her more on account of it. And even in our weaknesses, it's drawn us closer. She's pain right now. Anybody else? eating with Marty for supper and Bobby's in there and he come in like well it was like Billy's got every morning at six o'clock in the morning he had to leave out ye uh, yesterday morning I try to get everything I can in one day spend time with him as much as I possibly can but it's not enough I go home tonight I'm by myself I wake up in the morning I'm by myself 
I don't, I miss that pain. Yeah. I mean, I'm human and I miss that. I really do. And God, I mean, I know that God is, is helping me get through this. I know it is. The day I come on with four, maybe nine, these days, Sunday, services, I'm so thankful that they're going to start something on Sunday night because it feeds me, it gives me courage, it gives me hope. It feeds me where I need somebody spiritual when I don't have it at home right now. Yeah. And it's hard to not have that companionship. And if you've got it, you better hold on to it. Better hold on to it, yeah. Because I miss that. In my marriage. Well, it's the same way with the Lord. You got him. You better yeah. hold on to you him. You got that right. You better hold on. Yeah. One day a week ain't enough. One day a week ain't enough, is it? Nobody understands that until they live that long. No, it's no. not enough. And I'm going to encourage everybody. If you get here, get here. I'll come and get you. <laughs> they don't want to write me. Yeah. Oh, you're the one. Amen. It's all been good. Anybody else? I've been, that's loud. I've been arguing with God for 30 minutes because some things are just hard to confess. But when you get, your heart starts beating out of your chest and you know that he wants you to share it, and if you don't, you're going to get whipped. So I'm going to share it. Um, last week when me and Scotty celebrated our 15-year wedding anniversary, we were in a rough patch. Um, we're raising a teenager. We have a child that's been sick for three months. It ain't nothing other people don't go through, but we were just in a rough spot. And we weren't leaning on each other like we should have been. And we weren't trusting in each other like we should have been. And we weren't letting God handle it like we should have been. And so toward the end of last week, I started praying that God would fix our marriage. We weren't, it wasn't like we were going to separate. He didn't leave, I didn't leave, but we just wasn't where we should have been. And... Yesterday morning, I didn't know, and he didn't know. We went to the altar separate, and we both prayed for our marriage, and we prayed for each other. Amen. And yesterday evening when we got home, we sat down, and there was apologies made, and there was confessions made, and we fixed our marriage, and we vowed that we were going to put God first again like we used to. Amen. And I guess the reason I'm sharing that is because whether it's your marriage with your spouse or your marriage with God, there are roadblocks, and there are things you go through, yeah. and there are things that put a wedge between you, but you got to make sure you get it right. And you've got to, even when it's hard, you got to apologize. And you got to admit when you're wrong. And, um, you know, we've, we've come too far to give up with yeah. each other and with God. That's right. And it's not going to be easy. But we just got to keep on going. Yeah. And I'm just thankful that God gives us the opportunity to fix our marriage with our spouses and with him. He doesn't give up on us. We uh, run into a lot of roadblocks through life, don't we? It stops the growth. And we got to do something about it. we got to figure out a way around it. You know, uh, if I'm in a traffic jam, I'm going to think in ahead, what exit can I get off on and what route can I take to get out of this mess? You know. And uh, so I'm always a studying. If I get in a situation that I don't like how to get out of that situation. And then if I can't get out of it, I just, God tells me to be content until I do. Amen? 
Amen. Anybody else? Well, praise the Lord. It's been a good service tonight. You know, uh, sometimes when, 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 here's why this is so important. Sometimes we, we, we invite people to church and a lot of times the new people come and everything. And if we get up here and I preach to them for two hours and we sing for an hour and everything and they say, I ain't going to ever go back to that church, you know. They don't understand. And we know they don't understand. And, uh, but if we'll just, you know, be let, do what we do under the leadership of the Lord. Then he'll cause other things to begin to happen like this here, and we'll get to spend more time together and share more things together. But you see, God's got to feed everybody while he's here. And some of them can't take but so much. You know, when a baby's born into this world, it can only take so much milk. If you overfeed it, you're going to strangle it. Okay? But when, the, when they start growing up and they start getting mature, Randall, that's when they can start taking it better and start being more involved with it. But we got to nurse people along to where we can get them to this point where y'all at tonight, okay, and myself. Make sense? <laughs> okay, I better hush. Jess, you got anything? You've been off quiet tonight. You've been sitting back there taking it all in. All righty. Well, it's good. Let's all come to the altar and we'll pray. If you can, if you're able. If you're not able, don't worry about it.